Hoping on for one more week. Welcome to Weekly Buddy Dumping with Stacy and Devin. A discussion between two friends, 569 miles apart, attempting to hold each other accountable around health and wellness. This week's episode, my pancreas is working overtime. Hi, Stacey. <laughs> hey, Devin. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. We have a special guest today. Do what now? I know, and you'll never guess who it is. Who is it? Who is it? It's your husband, what? Thomas. Uh-huh. Uh, who, who, Thomas Alley. Yep. Oh, hey. Yep. Yeah, you got you. <laughs> uh, De- Devin basically tied me up and put me in the podcasting chair, and I don't really know what I'm doing here, so. <laughs> that's, that's literally what happened. Yep. She kind of volunteered you to come on the show. Voluntold. Um, voluntold. Voluntold. Yes, she voluntold you to come on the show. <laughs> So, um, okay. So Thomas here, Thomas Alley is, um, on the, an, on another show on the, we, um, sorry, he's on a show <laughs> on the weekly, Let me start this over. On the weekly my time network. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, hold on <laughs> a minute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's our network now. <clears throat> yep. Okay. <laughs> We've taken sorry. over. Th- Th- Thomas here is on another show Hello. called we tried on the Hoots media network there. That was better. Yes. 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 So welcome. Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, first time, uh, long time listener, first time uh, guest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yay. Thanks. You are probably you our biggest points. fans. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. it's true. But not, yeah. not because you don't have like lots of fans, but because like, you know, I'm legally obligated to. to that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's right. exactly yeah. what, that's exactly true. <laughs> no, I think I was listening to, um, I think it was on, was it Conan's new podcast? And he was like, I ask my wife all the time if she's listened to my stuff. And then she's always like, no, what? What are you doing? <laughs> Who are you? Do you have a show? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it was Conan. May Do you not talk been. about I may things? be speaking, but does Conan? Oh, does Conan talk about things? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He has a podcast. Oh. I mean. Uh, yeah. So apparently I've never yeah. listened to his podcast, so I don't know. It's a, it's funny. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. All right. Sorry. All this right. isn't about Conan. This is about Thomas. So, this is about um, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. It's about damn time. Hello. <laughs> All right. So, Thomas, I wanted to bring you on the show because, you know, I live with you. So, I know something about what you do uh, most days. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're not going right. to talk about what I found in uh, the uh, first aid kit in the car <laughs> today. <laughs> what? Devin, the preparedness. <laughs> Do you have a condom in there? <laughs> Every situation, no. Stacy. <laughs> not just not just one, but like a, a box. <laughs> and a first aid kit. And a first aid kit with a tourniquet. I was like, what? what Amongst you- other things, <laughs> don't make it sound like this was just a box of uh, no. the, yeah. you know kidnapping accessories. There was you know, like the glove, I don't the duct know, tape. Se- seventy little things of like gauze <laughs> and um, <laughs> antibiotic ointment, and there was like. Like fifteen tiny little band aids that could be used on paper cuts. <laughs> You're talking about the little butterfly ones. 
no no the, really, I, the butterfly ones were too much so, so i was like looking for something in between the butterfly ones and like the tiny little like paper cut ones and i couldn't find anything so that's why she ended up with a paper cut band-aid on her knee it was a tiny scrape. oh <laughs> yeah it was fine it was just hilarious like what the hell <laughs> uh, i love you i love you too yeah, anyway, so, uh, but I do, you know, know that you have been doing some interesting things with your diet lately, and they seem to be delivering really good results. So I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about that, because a long time ago, back, oh my gosh, when was it that we did like cutting carbs out of both of our diets and we both lost a lot of weight? Uh, when was Kess born? Because it was right about the time we conceived Kess. Okay. Uh, because we, we went on it. We went on it. And then like two months later, you got pregnant. That's right. And then you're like, uh, LOL, I guess I need carbs now. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. That was, that was pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, I guess 2014 was when she was born. So I guess it was 2013 when we. Yeah. Yeah. 2012, 2013, right. somewhere in there. Right. Kind of depending. Yeah. So that was, and I don't think that I ever lost, I, I lost some weight, but I didn't lose like a whole bunch of weight. The time that I lost a lot of weight, it was like counting calories and, and just doing exercises every day. Um, but for you, it was super, super effective because unlike me, you could actually stay on it. And, uh, but I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about like why keto is important to you. Uh, actually, you know what, let's take it back even further than that, because Part of the reason why I know you do this is because you're type one diabetic and, um, I'm kind of interested in that story because I don't know, I think that would be a good story to share with our listeners if you don't mind telling it about, you know, like when you discovered you were type one diabetic and kind of what that means for you. (laughs) Uh, well, I mean, that, that's kind of a, an interesting piece of backstory, I guess. I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was 13, um, most people find out they're diabetic when they collapse and uh, go comatose and unresponsive and get uh, medevaced or ambulanced over to the hospital. And uh, you know, they kind of find out that way. My entrance into diabetic care was a lot more gentle just because um, I happen to have an aunt who was a pediatric nurse. And Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah. And so mom <laughs> yeah. was talking to her on the phone about like, uh, various odd behaviors and smells and things that were coming from me because what happens when your body stops producing insulin is it has to get rid of excess glucose somehow. And it also has to like, uh, since you're not signaling any, um, any, uh, glucose uptake because you don't have insulin, you basically have to find energy from other places. So you end up breaking down a lot of fats and proteins and things. And so, um, what a lot of people find is that they end up with like really acidic, like, uh, breath and urine and things like that. And so like, she thought I was on drugs or something. She was worried about it. Oh no! And, um, so they, my aunt got her to get a urinalysis, uh, strip. Which, you know, I peed on and it turned black and she was like, is black good? And my aunt was like, no, black is the worst one. So you're going to have to go to the doctor. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's black. Right. right. No, yeah, that it's sounds not, that's terrible. That's not the happy one. It's like, <laughs> oh. oh yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's not how that works. So, um, uh, I fortunately avoided having some kind of like really traumatic inpatient experience. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of rough. The, around that time I was really struggling in middle school 
specifically in a math class I was taking, the math class was broken up like half before lunch, half after. And so as somebody who couldn't process sugar, I would, you know, in the middle of the day, go into the public cafeteria and eat like a honey bun or some like some garbage <laughs> trash because it's yeah. American educational food system. And, uh, you know, just like fall asleep at my desk because I was dying, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, so is that so that okay. was one of the like like signs i guess even though you didn't know it at the time was that you would you would eat and then you would like just basically pass out or crack like completely crash not just like a normal sugar crash but like a you know hard to keep your eyes open type of thing yeah yeah it, it, it goes back to elevated blood glucose and the effect that has on like every part of your body um, okay. especially if you're untreated you go into something called a diabetic ketoacidosis which is uh basically your body's uh, ph gets really acidic and like everything sort of breaks down and stops working well okay so yeah it's not like just like feeling logy after a really heavy uh heavy meal it was <laughs> it was kind of a systematic right, issue right <laughs> Um, but okay. that is kind of, and I don't know how much you want me to get into a rant about nutrition and nutritionists and that kind of thing, <laughs> but mean, this might, <laughs> this might seg- segue neatly, neatly, okay. um, because you know, when you're diagnosed with something like diabetes, that means you're going to have to count all of the sugars and carbohydrates that go into your body and uh, administer insulin at some calculation to counteract, like, you know, to absorb that glucose so it doesn't build up in your blood and cause all those problems. And and just to be clear, just to make it clear in case there's people out there who don't know, um, because I surely didn't know until I until we started dating that there was like a difference between like regular carbohydrates or that there wasn't really a difference between regular carbohydrates and sugars when it came to insulin and the way it was. It would process things. Yeah, but. your body doesn't really give a shit about uh, most things other than it's it basically, if it's not a fat or a protein, it's a sugar. Okay. And sometimes, even if it is a protein, it'll become a sugar. So um, sugar is the end product of a lot of inputs. Okay. Um, but the nutritional advice I was getting from the, cl- the pediatric clinic treating diabetics was, um, I mean, it was insane looking back on it. They were advocating diets include inclusive of hundreds of grams of carbohydrates, like a standard, like big bottom of the food pyramid, uh, potatoes and grains and stuff. Yeah. And to basically just, um, round everything to about the nearest 15 carbs and like try to do your best and don't really worry too much about it. Cause you know, you gotta <laughs> eat carbs, shrug. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and that advice persisted until I stopped seeing nutritionists at like 19 or whenever okay. it was. Um, because there was never any, there was really never anyone telling me to stop eating carbs. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah. Looking Did they ever tell it. you to stop yeah. eating sugar? Like, you know, just like don't eat candy bars. Cause that's yeah, really bad I mean, for they, you. They would give you some, they would give you some bullshit advice. Like, you know, there's some good carbs. Like you want to eat potatoes, but try not to eat too much candy or whatever. And it's like, no, those are, those are the same thing in your blood. You don't, you don't need either of those, frankly. Okay. And you shouldn't be eating them, but nobody would ever put it that way. And nobody ever advocated for, I mean, not even like, I mean, you got keto and like Atkins and that kind of stuff. Nobody really advocated for lowering your total carbs. It was never a thing. It was always like, count them, like have as many as you want, but count them, count them, count them. And that, I mean, I I don't know if you uh, imagine you're trying to do like lose it back in the early days of the app and there wasn't an entry uh, put out by the manufacturer for a product and you just had to guess. And if you guessed wrong, then you get fucked up. So yes, it was, okay. it was kind of a challenge. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
So, I mean, and that kind of just points me to my biggest rant against nutrition in general is that there really hasn't been a lot of good, hard science done on nutrition, basically ever. Okay. Really, the biggest things we had to look at are things that have persisted for a long time in cultures that are relatively healthy, like in you know, Mediterranean diets and those kinds of things. Yeah. We, I mean, we all of the advice that we have had up until recently has just been like, we need to sell more grain. Let's put that at the bottom of the pyramid because who cares? <laughs> that's kind of how that has rolled. And it's that's not an exaggeration either. It's it's insane. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I know that a lot of that is is fueled by by the corporations and and you know the need to make money or to economize something yeah i mean definitely there's a lot of it that is like literally attributable to like materials prepared by industry lobbyists and even some like the really old stuff i don't even attribute it so much to malice as just like we have grain that's good for yeah. you right let's, let's make that the big thing uh candy's <laughs> okay. bad let's put i mean candy's bad right let's put that at the top and you know fill out the middle so um okay yeah, that's that's my rant against nutrition so, so pretty much, cause I know when I met you, which was not too long after you were 19, uh, well, <laughs> you, know. um, you were, uh, you were still eating, I think a pretty regular, normal kind of diet. Like, oh, yeah. um, you know, I remember whenever we first started dating, you know, we would eat cheeseburgers at two o'clock in the morning and, uh, all the sushi in the world. And, you know, I would make, uh, buckwheat pancakes or something like there was all kinds of stuff that we ate that was like probably not great for you um but we ate it anyway and but i don't know like i know that you're counting and you're obviously taking insulin but i don't think that it was like a big like you weren't really thinking about changing your diet at that point no no, i I wasn't really wasn't really worried that much about it at the time right right so when did that change (laughs) Uh, the first time it really changed for me was when you were out of town with Ashlyn visiting family and I was watching, I think it was the Pacific on, was it HBO? I think and so. <laughs> sure. The Pacific, well, the Pacific is a really, it's one of those World War II, um, reenactment movies that everybody did in the early two thousands. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a stunning series. It's great. That and Band of Brothers are still some of my favorite TV Ever, okay. But the thing, and it may have even been Band of Brothers, the two kind of blend together because they're the same idea, just different theaters. And the thing that broke me was I was watching this and, you know, you'd be, they would have these actual veterans who were you know still alive at the time talking about their experience. And then they would like cut into like the acted scenes and go through that stuff. And you would just have like these little snippets of the actual vets talking about things. Right. And some of these guys looked a lot like how I remember my grandfather uh, on my dad's side in his prime, just like, you know, kind of rail thin, perfect shock of white hair, just like, you know, obviously not struggling older, obviously, but right. not but in, in good shape. And some of them were just like, I mean, the w- most roomy eyed, uh, bloodshot, uh, you know, overweight, just like, uh, obviously struggling, obviously not long for the world sort of, sort of guys. Right. And I think that was the first time I had really accepted the idea of my own mortality. And especially as a type one diabetic, our, uh, life expectancy and, uh, expected complications is a pretty grim forecast. Like there was, there's definitely like, 
a model that says I shouldn't make any aggressive plans after like 55 or 60. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, I mean, that's why, that's... And I mean, that doesn't mean that I'll be dead by then, but it may mean that without proper control, I might not have my eyesight. I might not have both my feet. I might not have like a lot. And that's it's just like, kind of, this is the, this is the real story as to why he found an older woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I'm, I'm, yeah so I, we're on the same, about the same pacing. Right. So yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Should die about no. the same time. Maybe <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't anyway, make it like, well, oh, on man, that bright that note, yeah. <laughs> and so I Wait, just um, happened to see a uh, Reddit thread on something unrelated. Uh, somebody was talking up keto. And like I was sitting in a Home Depot parking lot uh, about to go in and get something. I was like, maybe I could just not eat carbs. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. I guess that's an option. Why didn't anybody tell me this this idea before? Um, and so th- that's where you had the nexus of motivation and, uh, like a system to jump onto. Cause you know, th- both those things help. Right. Right. Huh. Okay. So, and that, and I know that the first time that we did the like low carb thing, you lost tons of weight. Like, I don't even remember now, but it was like, you, you probably remember how much weight you lost, but it was like, oh, it was like 50 dramatic. pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I got, oh, I got okay. down to like 155 or something like that. It was, um, that's, I'm, I'm five, seven. I am not muscular. 155 is still a little bit chubby, but it wasn't. And it's a least I've weighed since like middle school. Right. Uh, yeah, no, I remember it really, really, really worked for you. And when we, when you were doing it before, what was it, what was it like? Like what were you primarily doing? Uh, I was doing two things. I cut out carbs and leaned a lot, like real heavy into mostly saturated fats and I did count calories. Um, but one of the benefits of doing keto is that you're, when you're not, uh, basically shoving empty calories in the form of carbs in, you leave a lot of calories available for things that are filling. And if you right. actually like learn to pay attention to your body then, and successfully change your habits, that makes it just a lot easier. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So then now you, uh, you did that for a while. You did it very religiously. And then what, what happened? Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I know. We had kids. We had a baby. <laughs> um, the thing that really hurt was, I mean, we had Ashlyn, but Ashlyn was what, maybe like 13, 14 around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she was like, I'm not going to say totally hands off or anything, but she didn't like require constant <laughs> vigilance yeah. to make sure that she didn't. <laughs> she was, uh, she yeah. was just you know. getting to where she could like stay in the house by herself at night. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> um, and so I really enjoyed cooking. I would prepare like large elaborate meals and I really found a lot of joy mm-hmm. in cooking. I oh, found boy. a lot of joy in you cooking too. <laughs> yeah. And then we had a baby and oh my <sighs> God, is there, I mean. You I cannot I, cook with uh, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. And especially like not, not to like go on a, a pity party or anything, but we were both working over 40 hours a week. Like, you know, yeah. you get home, you get home at six, six thirty, and you got to get crying baby. And you're just like, well, I'm not going to spend an hour in the kitchen now. Right. So, um, yep. it just kind of, kind of fell apart. And I never went back. Like I've been carb conscious ever since then, but I've never, right. I've definitely not gone back to really seriously counting calories. And I've been a lot more, uh, a lot more lazy about it. Right. Right. Um, but recently, like, I don't even know, you can talk more. I know that this has changed cause you've had a resurgence and, uh, and I have taken notice 
mostly because <laughs> I feel bad about it. And <laughs> maybe you could talk about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> it's um, different. Because here's the thing that I've noticed. Well, go ahead. You talk about it first, and then I'll say what I've noticed. Okay. Uh, well, to, to go to the kind of the, the genesis of it, I, uh, I work at a software company, and one of our um, engineering leads is a fellow type one diabetic. And he was also like, he was a worse di- He was way worse diabetic than I was when I started uh, at the company two or three years ago. And, um, he is one of those personality types that really dies deep into stuff. And so he started really researching like longevity options for type one diabetics. Yeah. Yeah. And he essentially found a, a lot of research pointing to like limiting, like going basically down to very little carbs, uh, you know, only just enough protein to keep you going. And, uh, you know, just like trying to stick to the right kinds of fats. And there's actually a, uh, doctor who's been, he was like a type one in the, he was born in the forties. And, uh, I'm gonna have to get Rusty on to actually talk about some of this stuff because Rusty, Rusty can give a good Ted talk about like cellular, cellular mechanisms involved in a lot of this. <laughs> Wow. Like, yeah. The, the short that's, is that's just too a, serious for this podcast. Uh, so oh. that's, too, that's, that's on a level that I don't know if I could. Yeah. I don't know. It makes it, it's, it's not like, it's not too much. Um, but so anyway, there's this diabetic doctor he's run, he's running a practice now for forever. And he basically found that by sticking to this kind of system, he didn't need an insulin pump. He, um, like reversed all of his complications. He's in like his eighties or nineties now, something crazy. Like he built the wow. first, uh, portable, like the first portable uh, blood glucose testing kit was oh, something wow. that he cobbled together because it was, um, at the time, it was kind of a hospital grade machine that you had to buy like kit for. And so his wife was a doctor at the time. He wasn't. He convinced her to use her like doctor stuff to get this hospital only device for $5,000 or whatever it was. And then he like wired a battery to it and figured out how to make it work <laughs> portably. He MacGyvered that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and he's kind of, um, he runs a really well-respected clinic for diabetics. And he's got a lot, a bunch of uh, YouTube videos. I'll see if I can find them and send them to you for show notes if you're, okay. if you're curious about that kind of stuff. Sure, that'd be good. But anyway, so Rusty, Rusty starts getting real good at this. And I'm watching him. And, uh, you know, we talk, we talk about things and challenges and stuff. And I see him, like, start to drop weight. His uh, blood sugars get real good, like, real, real good. And I, you know, I start, I start feeling like maybe this is the thing I should do because I'm looking at him and I'm feeling bad. Okay. Okay. That's, that's how that works. And, um, so a lot <laughs> of the work I've works. done, you want somebody <laughs> who's doing the right thing and then you feel really guilty and you feel bad about yeah. yourself and you're like, you know what? And he, that, I that guess I'll been, do the right thing now too. <laughs> he, it's, it's been really helpful to have somebody else who has actually the same challenges to bounce things off of because there are things right. like, um, a lot of the work we do is <laughs> one of the things I'm, I'm actually pretty good at is coming up with like. Uh, ideas for systems and life hacks. And so yeah. like one of the things that you want to do if you want to unfuck your endocrine system is you do want to cut down on the amount of caffeine you intake. Really? Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to show receipts for anything I say here. <laughs> um, uh, you, <laughs> That's right. You know, we don't do citations here. If, don't worry. Uh, if people get real hot about citations, you can at me on Twitter or something. I'll see it in a couple of years and then I'll see if I can get it from Rusty. <laughs> it, whatever, it's but, at, at TMA. At TMA. at TMA on Twitter. Yeah. How you like that three letter handle? Um, <laughs> so anyway, but like, you know, it's hard to cut out something you enjoy so much. 
so one of the kind of side hacks that I did is that I've switched almost entirely to LaCroix because I can vouch for that. It's true. What I realized is that I still need a dopamine hit from some kind of treat. And there's something about like pulling a can of Coke out of the refrigerator and you pull the tab and it makes the sound and it's cold in your hand. And I wanted to co-opt as much of that experience because it's been so ingrained in me to like take a dopamine hit when these things happen that I yeah. tried to kind of co-opt it into like a healthier habit. So instead okay. of just trying to break the habit, I altered the habit. Okay. And I do drink like 40 a croix a day, but you know, get, getting onto something healthier and then trimming <laughs> it down is sort of my goal. That's yeah. And fair. We, and, and we all know that I'm a big fan of water here. And we've also in a previous episode learned that carbonated water is equally as hydrating as regular water. So oh, that's correct. Just, there you go. Yeah. 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 It's, it's win-win. And, uh, you know, I say LaCroix, I'm actually, this is actually uh, Kirkland signature sparkling water, which is about <laughs> half the price. And I buy it. I went to Costco last week and I literally bought three 35 packs because I wanted to leave one at work and I needed enough for the weekend here. So, well, I don't know how, if you got, hmm, I don't know where the closest 7-Eleven is, but they have their brand. They have a cherry lime sparkling water that is amazing. It's my favorite. Nice. Um, so if you find a 7-Eleven, hop in there and get one of those. Cause it's I, really do good. we have those in the South? <laughs> uh, no, I we don't do know. not. Did we have to, did we have so. to trade? We had to trade in all of our 7-Elevens for, uh, waffle houses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. For good business. That, that's what he did the civil war. It was one of the, uh, last times. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that worked at all. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I, a lot of the work I've been doing lately is focused on, trimming down on the bad ways that I get cheap dopamine hits and trying to amp up like the good ways that I can get cheap dopamine hits. <laughs> and so I've been hitting a lot of LaCroix. Like if I feel like I really want to go and have some kind of snack, I will probably gra- grab a LaCroix instead. Okay. Um, also one of the things I've been doing is I've been trying really hard to cut down on saturated fats and I've been trying to lean into Ooh, yes. um, basically, basically healthier fats. So when I did keto the first time, I would some days literally just uh, wrap some uh, cream cheese and salami and eat it yes. to get my yep. calorie target. And yep. actually part of that was some days I had to do things like that because I wasn't bringing in enough calories, <laughs> which was an, yes. odd, uh, an odd problem to have. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing a lot of things like taking cauliflower rice and uh, cutting in hemp hearts to make like a really Ooh. good, really satisfying rice bowl. It's really good. It's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I've never heard of hemp hearts. Oh, I think it's basically <laughs> hemp seeds. But uh, you, you, uh, okay. you, know, you get the frozen cauliflower rice. You start that in the microwave. You kind of break it up. Then you dump in a bunch of the hemp hearts and stir it up and just let it kind of cook together. Ah, it's uh, perfect. It is a perfect really rice delicious. substitute. Yeah. Like, I really can't tell the difference. And, it's, and it tastes really, really good. Yeah, Devin, I, I've, I've seen the links that Devin will go to to not ingest a vegetable. And she's actually eating <laughs> these. <laughs> So that true. is so true. It is so, so true. true. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, it's something. Um, and, you know, working on a lot of nuts. I've been trying to cut out a lot of dairy. I'm working more on uh, getting things like goat cheese in place of where I would normally have the cheese. And I'm not really putting any hard limits on things. I'm just avoiding carbs and trying to stick to, like, not eating too much protein. As it turns out, right. if you eat more protein than your body actually needs, do you know what it does? No. What does it, it do, Thomas? It breaks it down into sugar. Oh, oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. And, so see, oh, and I learned, 
recently that where even these people that work out all the time, they think they need their protein shakes or whatever, but actually just within the normal diet, people eat plenty of protein, just like oh, just yeah. normal food that you eat. You don't need to add additional protein to your Oh diet. yeah. Now, I mean, I'm sure that like uh, the rock has special requirements, <laughs> right, but right. Tr- trust right. me, if, if you literally have a different day job, you don't need to go too crazy. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Uh, for sure. Um, and I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's anything else special. Uh, one of the things I noticed is my blood sugar control has dramatically improved, uh, just making these changes. I had something like 60% of my blood sugar readings being in the uh, desired range in the months before switching. And Mm -hmm. now I'm sitting at 99 and change. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And actually I even constrained the, the range. So it was like topping out at 160 for the evaluation before, and now I have it down at 150. So even within that 99 percentile, the average is much lower. That is so awesome. That was the reason yeah. why I wanted to bring you on because you showed me your little graph, which if you could send that to me so I can make it the show art, that would be awesome, yeah. um, of how well you've done. And I was like, this seems like something we should talk about. <laughs> yeah, because, and I mean, you know, and- I remember very specifically like, six months ago where you would just go up and down and up and down and you would stay up and up and up and you would be so grumpy. I love you, but you're so grumpy whenever your blood sugar yeah. is high. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and it was just like, you battled it so hard and it was, I know it was such a struggle. And then like suddenly that's, it's no longer there. It's all gone. Yeah. And one of the, something that I think is lost on people when they hear that a diabetic is doing this for their blood sugar is also this idea that um, just because the blood sugar is the main reason, like the main receipts I have for this working, doesn't mean that it is the primary benefit of this sort of diet either. Um, there, There's a lot of data that basically says insulin is bad. You do not want to encourage your body to release insulin. It's an inflammatory. It has like all these other side effects you want to minimize the amount of insulin that your pancreas is forced to release into your bloodstream. <laughs> and there are really interesting <laughs> knock-on effects. Like Devin. <laughs> one of the reasons that one of the reasons that uh, sleep is important and they've done studies on Devin. this where um, uh, they basically they literally like took diabetics and they had like, they would inject them with known amount of known amounts of sugar and known amounts of insulin and measure like how they would respond to that based on the amount of sleep they were getting. And it turns out that you, like, if you are not getting a good, healthy amount of sleep, you end up having to spend, like, one and a half, twice as much insulin to get the same results. Huh. So, it, it's kind of one of those things where, like, there are, there's, like, your endocrine system is... My pancreas must be super, super busy all the time. I've got, yeah. like, a... Yeah, yeah. A, my my it, pancreas is working overtime. And that, see, that's, and that's why, like, I encourage anyone to, to like, <laughs> to switch to this sort of thing. Because your endocrine system is a ridiculously complex system. And -hmm. we know very few like uh, hard truths about it. We know that your body does better when you don't use as much insulin. And like we can correlate a lot lot of other things. But there are like all the time and every day new uh, bad effects of things like insulin or things like carb intake that are being discovered. And there really isn't. The only reason anyone recommends having any substantial carbs is an appeal to tradi- carbs is a an appeal to tradition. There really isn't 
any evidence that says you really need to eat that bread. Because if you don't get grains in your diet, you're going to like have some kind of problem. Like that's not really there, what we're finding. But isn't there evidence that suggests that things like oats or whatever are good for, for heart health and stuff like that? I mean, I just remember, I just feel like I've read a lot of things that suggest that, um, that whole yep. grains are like actually really good for you. Well, now here, here's something that I think is worth talking about. Um, Oats might be good for heart health if almost everything else about your heart health has been optimized. So uh. like <laughs> if you're, what? you know, if your BMI is way too high or you're not getting literally, literally any cardio and like you start going upstairs and you're winded, eating a bowl of oatmeal is not going to be beneficial to your heart, oh, but man. actually cutting out carbs <laughs> and going a healthier route would still be the better option. Um, like, I'm not going to talk about how winded I get at the top of the third stairs and uh, or the third sets of stairs I have to go up in. Yeah, and in I'm, the, I'm not saying the that, building. And I don't think anybody would say that you literally have to cut out totally to zero on anything. You could you could probably work a bowl of like a modest bowl of oatmeal into a uh, into a reasonable diet, but that defense like stops pretty quickly. There's uh, there's there's no reason to eat a potato. There's no reason to eat a potato. There's nothing in potatoes that you need. But my they Irish background. Delicious. <laughs> I mean, they kept vodka? the Irish alive. I guess vodka is the only thing you eat. Well, no, you can get that from green too. No, there's no reason to eat potato. We should not eat potatoes. <laughs> Just full stop. Um, and like, I, what about I, you know, what about what about sweet potatoes? <laughs> uh, not much better. Uh, I I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any evidence, but I mean, sweet potatoes are good. Well, and that's that's kind of <laughs> just for sanity. I mean, that's that's the problem, right? I mean, I I do genuinely believe that we like collectively most of us are addicted to the dopamine hits that come from high carb foods. I mean, sweet potatoes aren't the worst thing you can eat, but the main reason that you are so in love with them is because your body, like evolutionarily speaking reward you for finding don't something tell, that's, that is me, that awesome that. and like you're only going to get <laughs> a tuber like that you don't know i think Devin needs i think Devin needs carbs because she doesn't get any sleep and the body needs quick energy so that's why that's why she well, needs and, carbs I mean, I, for I would, now i would also i would also contend that the uh biological mechanisms that would actually make carbs pep you up probably aren't so much uh, like actual quick energy releases that you're actually benefiting from. I think it's probably like a, um, I don't want to say stimming, but like, you know, what's, what's a bad habit that you do for like a dopamine hit when you're feeling really shitty. I think it's drink. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a drink, you know, and that gets you by because you got like that little bit of like happy chemical from okay. a really bad place, but you know, it's there and it helps take the edge off because, you know, we're always chasing dopamine. That's what our brains are like, you know, built to do. Right. Well, I think the body burns carbs faster is where they say it's quick energy is that it burn. It takes more effort for the body to burn fat is why. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's true in a meaningful way. They would like, um, they would be super beneficial to be like, I didn't get any sleep. Let me eat like 14 candy bars. And like, that's not, I don't think that's I'm not saying it's beneficial. But I'm that's saying that's what, my what body the body to does. Do. Yeah. Now, so yeah, subconsciously your body says, I need quick energy, so, so feed me a candy bar. Right. I, versus, no, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to be frank and say, I don't think that that is what's happening. 
personally, but I also think that. <laughs> okay, Thomas. Oh man. Well, oh, no. Man. I mean, yeah, I this, think we need to move on here. This is yeah. this is not what we do here. Uh, but just to, just to double back, not to make you contentious about it, but I also think that um, to go back to the mind hack and the psychology of all this, part of it is that um, you're kind of addicted to these things, and your body, having had so much of those things has kind of shifted its internal mechanisms to try and derive the most benefit from a really bad situation. And that makes shifting out of that gear difficult yeah. when you try to do it. So like, you know, my, my body would just go haywire and I would get real shitty because I'm not really, my biological processes aren't optimized to do that. If you are optimizing your body to work in basically like an emergency mode or in the worst way, then I mean, it'll, it'll work but you aren't optimizing it compared to, you know, a healthy state. Does that make okay. sense? I suppose, I suppose. I mean, you know, obviously I'm an addict to sugar, so I'm not going to be here and be like, oh yeah, no, I totally get you. I'm going to give up sugar tomorrow because, you know, my body is like, no! But, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen yeah. you panic in the, like, at the, at the <laughs> suggestion. So I, I think that <laughs> when panic comes in, you do have to really think about something. Right, right. But, and I don't mean um, this is, a pers- is like a personal attack on you. I think that uh, almost everybody uh, operates this way. And it is considered somewhat radical to say that all these things are bad. Right. Um, so this is just, let's end with this final thing because it is something that I've noticed. So, and, and you've talked about it already, but one of the things, one of the reasons why I was very resistant to the idea of giving up carbs before was because uh, whenever I was on the diet, as we did it before, where we basically just ate however much bacon we wanted, um, like I, I lost weight, but I felt icky. Like I just felt bad. Um, I didn't feel like I was actually getting good nutrients. I just felt like I was tricking my body into thinking that it needed to like eat itself. <laughs> it sounds weird, but that was the feeling that I had. And so... It was effective, but the idea of ever doing that again was very, um, I was very resistant to it unless I was being motivated by an idea of just dropping a lot of weight really fast. Um, the new thing that you were doing, like you've made meals and I have eaten them and I've been like, this makes me feel very nourished. And because of that, I am more, I think I'm more inclined to get on board with you at least partially on some of the stuff because uh, because of that, because there seems to be a lot, you know, there's a lot of vegetables, there's a lot of plant-based and there's less of like that just heavy icky stuff that makes me feel gross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And, um, I mean, part of the, <laughs> I, I would spend a lot of time like hammering out, uh, a, like a fake cheese crust that was mostly mozzarella and cream cheese. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that, that stuff is delicious and super rich and great occasionally. But both in prep time and uh, just like nutritive content, it's not super sustaining. And right. I mean, I'll fully admit that the first time I did keto, I I didn't really care. Like I was I was shooting for weight loss and not really for sustainability. And that's one of the reasons that I fell off. I'm sure. Um, a lot yeah, well, of, okay. well, like you said, this time you're staying away from the saturated fats, which I think might also be where the icky part came in before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is when you're just when you're just eating a pound of pepperoni or salami or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, like your body's <laughs> just like and, uh, I'm not, I'm not cutting fats. them out specifically. I'm just trying to avoid them. And so like for lunch day, I had a, like a, a couple of handfuls of almonds and some, uh, cheese, like we had a cheese tray from Costco and some like slices of cheese off that. So, 
Um, I do try to avoid dairy and saturated fats and stuff, but I don't just completely cut them out. Right, um, right, right, yeah. But that does leave a lot of opportunity when you say, well, I'm not just going to wrap up cream cheese and, and salami. What else can I do? Like, well, let me put some shit in this cauliflower rice and see if I can make it acceptable. And um, I think that that's probably... I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of things with like um, sunflower butter, a lot of nuts. Ideally, I need to get back into salads, but uh, after what happened over Christmas, I haven't been able to. <laughs> Just too many salads. <laughs> I remember now what that uh, was. I, I had an event uh, because <laughs> my buddy at work um, that I've mentioned, <sighs> he started doing this like at the, towards the end of last year. And... Um, <laughs> So Sorry. I actually jumped, kind of jumped on board at the time and ate a lot of salads. I ate a lot of nuts and a lot of salads. And I had the worst constipation in my entire life. Oh, over... Seriously, I would have thought it would have been the other way. No, I don't know. I think, it was, I think I ate too many walnuts. I think walnuts is what fucked me. Oh. But um, I, I, like, I was convinced that I, had, I was having a, uh, what was it, uh, gallbladder attacks. <laughs> like, I thought that yeah, like, maybe my appendix was, was going to burst. Attack. Yeah. Like, we were, we were um, well. I'm laughing um, about it now, but it actually, we were actually kind of concerned. Oh, it was horrifying. <laughs> yeah. We were, like, we had to put together a kid's play kitchen over like for uh christmas eve night so that santa could <laughs> find right. it and i could like i couldn't bend over to do stuff it's just like oh I, was in, I was in pain yeah and so that uh like i associate uh like one of the healthiest things you can totally have uh that's super easy is just like throw some baby spinach and some olive oil and like if you're into tomatoes cucumbers just chop those up on there oh geez i can't like i can't really think about that yet Aww. but i need to get back to it because baby spinach <laughs> is where it's at that's that's some good uh, bang for the buck right there yeah that's oh yeah that is Uh, true well and two we're kind of learning um james and i are kind of researching and looking into some stuff lately that not all saturated fats are created equal so you know i've got the uh, you know i always say it wrong but partially hydrogenated hydrogenated (laughs) partially hydrogenated oils and then you've got the other oils that can still have some saturated fat but they're not in kind of the health world has kind of come around on dairy because although it has saturated they're like oh actually the saturated fat in milk's not it's not this not bad it's not the same as this saturated fat over here oh, yeah. or whatever you know so i think that's you, you know, i'm not saying you have to avoid them completely but yeah just uh you you you're you're aiming towards better ingredients this time oh yeah and i, I also think that dairy yeah. is one of those things that um everybody needs to take a real clear-eyed look at in their own personal health because there is a lot of indication now that uh dairy leads to like inflammation even in people who don't like us intolerant and like other complications so mm-hmm. uh that's one of those things that you know it, it'd be it'd be beneficial to cut out for a while and then reintroduce and see if like you feel any different um i feel yeah. like it does me better especially even if it's not something that I shouldn't eat, the fact that I avoid just eating a giant pile of cheese makes me do something else. And so that's also beneficial. Yeah. Right. Hey, Devin, a 30 day, you could do a 30 day no dairy challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that'd be interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, I am thinking about doing a 30 day vegan challenge. So, oh, so there you go. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, that would be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That um, would be. That'll be hard. <laughs> the, the last thing that I have is the other thing that I just started doing is I'm on an eight sixteen intermittent fasting schedule now, which yep. is oh yeah okay yeah so and so you only eat for eight hours. Yep. So I, I yes. don't eat after seven or before eleven, and then like yeah. I'm not counting calories now. Counting calories will be the next step, but I'm really just kind of adjusting mm-hmm. that schedule at the moment. And <laughs> it was interesting because I decided I would take two days off, uh, Friday night and Saturday. And then go back to it. And I haven't had any problem going back to it. But I was actually kind of reluctant to break it. 
mm-hmm. once I had gotten kind of adjusted to it. And I also have, since I, I can only really drink after seven. And since I can't have calories after seven, I haven't had any drinks <laughs> in a no. while. And um, so like I, yeah. I got a, uh, a, a Michelob ultra, uh, lime cactus with my dinner on Ooh. Friday and it like sat on the table with the cap on it for like a while <laughs> yes. unopened. Yeah. I was just wow. like, I kept looking at it and it's like, do I really want to drink that? Like, I feel like I won't <laughs> feel better if I drink it. <laughs> oh, so, like, yeah. I cannot I, imagine. It, a, no. lot, a lot of it's attitude. Like I, I definitely have started doing more associations between like what I'm doing and how I'm feeling. And I'm also seeing food as like less of something that I need to like get to the next one of. It's just like something that, you know, you gotta, it's just like, it's like fuel. It's not like an art for me at this point. It's just stuff you do. Right. Well, that was, that kind of goes back to what Stacey said too, with whenever she's doing the light dinner or like, yeah, yeah. Cause where you became less obsessed with it or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's one of those things like, and I think I said it earlier in the podcast, but once you start changing your habits, you change what you feel like you need, right? Because it, if you, I, I really don't like um, whatever you call it when you're like, well, you know, back evolutionarily speaking, when we were on the planes and the whatever, like I'm not really a big fan of most <laughs> of those paleo? conclusions. Is that paleo? Paleo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think most of that's bullshit like as a uh, reason to do things. But really, if you take a really basic idea when we were first forming civilizations, we did not eat three square meals a day with a bunch of snacks in between and yada, yada, yada. Like we really did have periods where we just didn't have food and it wasn't a big deal. And you would just like eat once, maybe twice a day. And so we're kind of in this weird place where we have to replicate that to get optimal results. But the research that's going into fasting totally makes it worth it. Uh, in my view. Well, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And actually, I listened to a whole, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ah. Who goes? You go. Uh, uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, my, my buddy that I mentioned before, he and his wife actually did a five-day fast where they only had like 300 calories a day or something like that. They have like one Holy kind of meal sh- every day and, uh, you know, lots of water. Oh. And the reason that he did that was because of the uh, emerging research showing that when you go into that kind of like people say starvation mode, like it's a bad thing. It probably isn't. But when you go into that kind of starvation mode, your um, organs start shrinking. Yeah. And then when you then when you come out of it, they regrow. So you know, you eat a bunch of protein, they regrow. But when they regrow, they actually um, what they find is that they're rebuilding from stem cells, and so you actually see a lot of benefit from having that cycle occur periodically at a cellular level. So it's something that it's just like I think that's super interesting. Like in theory, that improves all of your uh, you know all of your processes because you're just kind of refreshing lots of things. I like that you're just breaking Devin over. <laughs> I'm just like, I, okay. Um, well, to that point, the the whole thing because some of the stuff I've been learning about, um, like working out and building bone strength and just mu- also muscle strength. But you know, when you work out, you tear muscles, or oh, yeah. when you lift weight, you are breaking. You are actually doing tiny fractures in your bones but they are regrowing which then they're stronger and better and you know stuff like that so it's like you have to break these things for them to get better yeah yeah it's kind of like the worst thing you can do the worst thing you can do to a human body i mean the worst thing you can do to a human body is like not challenge it in any way right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly absolutely and in fact they've even changed i think devin left bye (laughs) (laughs) um 
they're they're changing their idea on like when you break something or like if you have a surgery they used to say oh you need to rest for four to six weeks or whatever and now they're starting to come around and say actually once the swelling goes down start doing movement and start you know like start trying to you know you know obviously don't jump right back into it and do your yeah, don't routine, fall out of the same like, tree again but you know <laughs> right yeah yeah but you know start walking or start doing be active as soon as possible because the worst thing you can do is like i guess like baby your body don't be delicate don't just sit on the couch and yeah. like be like oh i'm pitiful no yeah. it's like you, you I mean, I can, get up i can definitely then... speak to that with uh with like my recoveries the difference between kess and kai after i had them oh because, yeah because like after i had kess for whatever reason well partially because the doctor i had did a weird thing whenever he said me up but yeah i was like yeah, yeah. Just, just to put, just to put, like go into that for just a second if you remember the episode of scrubs where um the guy that played hawkeye and mash shows up and he's doing everything like they did in the 70s and they have to throw him out of the hospital that was the guy that did devin's first uh or kind oh, of no. C-section, so yeah, second, that second c-section so anyway so yeah so i was like convinced that if i moved the wrong way i was gonna like my guts were just gonna fall out so yeah. I did not move and it was the, I was, that recovery was so hard. But then with Kai, I was like, okay, I know that if I don't get up and move around, I'm going to like feel shitty. So mm-hmm. I'm up, I'm moving. And like, because right away I was up and moving, it was, it was a piece of cake. Yeah. Like, and yeah, uh, yeah. I actually got the flu. Uh, the day yes. that we came home from the hospital. So I did oh. you a favor by having to sequester myself away from the newborn and you had to do literally everything Yeah, in the house. you did. It's true. I had to go up those stairs so many times to put food under your under your door. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep, yep. That was great times. So I watched a lot of Veep. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. So to circle back when we, when we both tried to talk and then I told you to go and then I forgot to go. <laughs> so I'm circling back to that now. Um, you were talking about the meals and having like three meals and six snacks and the, the body like, you know, eating only a couple times a day and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I did recently read that. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It, this was I was reading some studies and um, yeah, the body doesn't really matter. They say, you know, like, oh, you need to eat six times a day, basically, to keep your metabolism going and stuff like that. But that's not true. It's like, whatever you're used to is what your body... So it's actually fine. Whatever you want your routine to be is actually fine. You know, so... um, I did want to say that. And then fasting. Okay, so, yeah, so... Uh, you said that you're doing the 16-8 or whatever exactly you said. But yeah, yeah. yeah, when you go to look it up, there's like a ton of different ways. Because with your friend doing the, like once a day, they do like 300 calories or something. Like there's just, I mean, if you go Google fasting, there's like so many different ways to do it. So I think that would be a good way to tailor it to whatever, you know. I think a lot of people could do it because there's a lot of ways oh, yeah. to tailor it to them. But And there's been studies that, it, I mean, it is effective um and but the funny thing is uh one of the podcasts i was listening to and it's that gimblet uh oh versus or science versus that's what it is i don't do you listen to that one james does oh no i don't no okay they did one on um fasting and it came out that uh it is effective but it's funny because it's mostly effective because you can't fit enough food or not enough but you can't um you only have eight hours to eat so you're just not hungry like we're like right now you if you're awake all day you have plenty of opportunity to just be hungry and eat snacks and eat terrible things or whatever (laughs) and it's like the research they found was just like well you only got eight hours to fit it in so by the time you eat one meal and then by the time you eat your second meal you're just not hungry (laughs) you know so i thought that was really funny but it's actually yeah it was a really effective 
effective method and, for And um, also you acclimate to, you know, uh, even a, a healthy person, if you don't eat for 16 hours, your blood glucose will be depressed. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that will be, you know, It'll lower be sad. or not It'll working. You'll be <laughs> sad, sad wishing for death, the usual. <laughs> and like, you just okay. acclimate to those things. And once your body starts to understand that it doesn't need to run in those gears at all times or mm-hmm. whatever, it makes a, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I will say that one of the things that I think is funny is I remember the traditional advice about having to eat like all day to keep quote unquote, yeah. keep your metabolism going one as though mm-hmm. it'll stop. And two, <laughs> right? the only reason that was cited for that is like, if you keep eating lots of shit, your metabolism will run higher so you can keep eating lots of shit. And so you should eat lots <laughs> yeah. of shit. It's like, or you could not, I mean, you could stop right, now. Exactly. Just stop eating. <laughs> just don't eat as much. It's fine. I mean, and it, it is kind of a basic tenet. Like, you know, it may be difficult, but if you, bring in fewer calories than you expend i mean you're still gonna lose weight right it's not you don't have to like get into super hacky stuff but no i I think that that's good advice and it's also one of those things where any system that makes you be mindful of what you're doing will help you uh be mindful Mm -hmm. about what you're doing but Mm -hmm. i mean also just uh, all of the stuff that's coming about about uh coming out about cellular regeneration and like there's processes where uh your cells clean crap out uh of themselves when they're not in use or whatever like there's all this weird stuff that seems to be happening during fasting <laughs> it'll probably freak okay. them out i guess um, <laughs> but no it's it's just, it's just fascinating and i guess nobody thought to just not eat for a little while and see what happens all right yeah even though doctors make you fast for your uh you know that should have been the hint there is that you have to fast for all your tests these numbers you are know? great you should do this all the time wait a minute <laughs> right. Wait just yeah. a second. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, if if I was giving any advice, it would be uh, just don't eat carbs and also uh, just try to find the little places you can fix the things that get you. Like one of the early problems that yeah. uh, Rusty at work had was like, you know, I just, I just keep going into the, like I'm playing games, I get all amped up, I go into the kitchen, I eat like a potato chip or whatever. It's like, well, put pork rinds in there. Like, you know, just like whatever your behavior is, find a way to adapt it or hack it if you can't yeah. just will it out and then just kind of slowly move the river i think i have to figure out first what my behaviors are <laughs> well yeah. i've seen the floorboard of your car where you discard the candy wrappers so i have a pretty good idea what most of your behaviors uh, are what are you what do you replace candy with there's nothing healthy you can replace candy <laughs> gum would no, gum help no also gum no. makes my teeth hurt if i chew it too much well then maybe you won't eat the candy because your teeth now hurt. my, my <laughs> advice hey there you go my advice does have a limited uh, shelf life if your starting position is, I am not going to stop doing this, so how can I not stop doing this? Like, it's not really... Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Like, drink LaCroix. Drink LaCroix. Take, get that, that little hit of... Uh, I mean, get, get a little hit of, just like a little hit of dopamine, put a little stevia or sucralose in it or whatever. Just like get a no, little No, I sweet. don't like that. I don't like that. I, that is well, even, it's not even it. that. I mean, you, can, you, can, you can adjust to it. The thing that, but candy is different because it's not like I'm drinking something. I don't drink a whole lot of, of sodas. Like that is not a thing that I care about. The thing that gets me is like eating specifically chocolate, but, uh, like to make myself feel better or to deal with stress or to stay awake or whatever it is. Um, so I need a chocolate alternative. (laughs) Well, I think that maybe if, if you want some Merlin man style advice on this, what you need is a reason to do it because if you were sufficiently convinced, you wouldn't actually need like a lot in the way of crutches. 
Um, you just have to admit that what you're doing is going to shorten your lifespan. You're going to see less of your, you know, future grandchildren or whatever. And that like, you know, this is the thing that will kill you if it's the worst thing you're doing to your body, which it probably is. So, I mean, not, not to make it too heavy, but that's the thing that got me. It's like, I would like to see, you know, my grandchildren to some extent if I have them. And like, I had to accept that. I mean, at this point you've got people say it's too (laughs) expensive. It's too expensive. Like, well, I guess get fucked. Right. We'll just all, uh, live in water world because it's too expensive to fix. (laughs) Like there's not a choice. You're either going to, it's, it's going to happen if you don't do something different. Right. Yeah. And you know, at some point we can, we can dig into, uh, the fact that pretty much all of my healthy habits stopped like two months before my mom died. Uh, but we'll get into that another time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could also do like a five hour energy or something. Cause if you're, if you're eating it mostly for to stay awake. Yeah. Yeah. To stay awake. Maybe you could do some sort of energy, uh, energy drink or energy, um, shot or energy something. I ended up, I started drinking whenever I was doing the whole veg, just eating vegetables all the time challenge that I did for like a week. I got <laughs> yeah. some V8 and I would drink V8 like randomly throughout the day. And that actually <laughs> really, it really was good. Um, oh, and I felt better an energy it. version. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just thinking. I might, that might be. Well, and you also might, might not need an energy version if you might. just like ate according to what your body needs and, and maybe and sleep got a little more sleep. I know that that's like, as parents, even saying that I could barely do it with a straight face, but like, you know, you just have to prioritize some things. Right. Right. Amen, brother. Okay. Well, Thomas, do you want to tell the, the nice people out in Radio Land where they can find you? Uh, yeah, mostly these days I'm over at We Tried. Uh, it's wetried.net. It's on the Hoots Media Network. Hoot hoot. Um, I also do an occasional <laughs> show called Hoots Hollering, um, most of the time with James and James Hey, Hacker. you should have your friend on there. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Okay, okay. So he'll, he'll be, uh, like, I, I, I should probably put something out on Hoots Hollering because it turns out that doing something every week isn't something that I can do. <laughs> so it's not on hiatus so much as I'm just like scheduling people and it's just not going to come out every week. So I should probably put some on that feed, but yeah, it'll, it'll come out every once in a while. So check that out. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you for joining us today, Thomas. Really oh, thanks for having yeah. me guys. I hope I wasn't like, uh, too, too abrasive and, uh, like see carbs are I bad mean, though. Stacy, Stacy's never going to, never going to forgive you. And also I think I'm traumatized, but other than that, it's fine. Uh, I mean, you know, to, 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 to make an omelet, you got to crack some eggs or whatever it is. It's, you know, it's been nice knowing We've you guys. We've been friends I, long enough. I valued your friendship while I had it. Now it's all over. <laughs> well, I, guess, uh, it's I was going to go the other way. I said, we've been friends long enough that oh, we, okay. we know each other, but no, no, oh, no okay. you're ready to I'll throw us that. out with the frying pan. <laughs> Look, I'm just, <laughs> right I, I'm just going to say I've already got the divorce papers like drafted up. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, wow. what's what's worth noting there is that she didn't draft them for this. She just usually has a copy uh, <laughs> somewhere in the case. house. You never know. She just carries them around. Yeah, sometimes All she hits, hits me with them like a, roll, a puppy in a rolled up newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got them in this uh, glass case on my office wall. It says break in case of emergency. Like, I'm going I'm to break, uh, break the fourth wall here and point out that she talks a big game, but uh, like her medicine carrier ran out of medicine this afternoon. She had a mild panic uh. because I hadn't refilled it yet, so... I guess good luck if you're looking to looking to run out of here, lady. It oh, is true. Like Thomas always had, always puts my medicine out in my little old lady case. And I went to today, and I was like, I don't have anything for today. And I was like, Thomas, what do I do? <laughs> and I, don't even know, I don't even know where the medicine is. Oh. That's not quite that bad. Yeah, it's kind of that bad. Love you.
I love you too. Thank you for joining our show. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep, yep. Bye. 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 <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> My smoker's long. <laughs> so just one? The other one doesn't smoke? Yeah, the other one. The other one is a teetotaler. The other one smokes all the time. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess they balance each other out. <laughs> I smoke out of one half of my mouth. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's fine. A Hoots Media production. Hoot, 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 hoot